0: No, I'm even liking the little things. Like, rereading it, and I'm coming across the part where Palian is, you know, a 55-year vet of the Imperial military. And then I'm like, wait, this predates the prequels. But based on those numbers, he was somehow in the Imperial military before the Imperial military existed.
1: Oh, no, he's actually, he he cameos in the Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, he's there. It's like, hey, this is my little Venator class. I run it. (laughs) Why That's am awesome. I taking orders from this 15-year-old girl? Why am I taking orders from a 15-year-old girl? My mustache is, a... is older than her.
0: <laughs> that is always a... F- when you are a military vet, there is no reason not to ask that exact question. Yes. Because there is no valid explanation
1: for that. Gundam seed. seed. <laughs> Welcome to where I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I showed that, well, it, there was this one time. Now, now this, th- th- we'd, we'd been stuck at a bus stop for about three days because of the snow. This was in Georgia, so there was only about two inches, but they, they just couldn't manage it. Well... I kept saying they could have moved the bus another three feet, but they didn't listen to me. No, well, they didn't listen to us. So we spent three days on a bu- at a bus stop. And, and in those three days, we single-handedly convinced everyone else to walk to the next town themselves. Not rightly really sure how that happened. We was just talking, I- being friendly. I think it was that song we was playing at the time.
0: You know the one? It's only 2 inches of snow. <laughs> Fucking
1: walk you goddamn coward. I think that w- that may have been it. But we bought everyone coffee.
0: Mo- mostly we we ordered everyone coffee <laughs> and then charged them for it later cuz it's not like we had any
1: money. We were o- actually hoping to turn a profit on that coffee. Well, yeah. might have actually been able to afford bus fare then. <laughs> You know, one of these days, maybe we should sell some of our songs. <laughs> that's just crazy. That's not the blues, man. That,
0: that, that's true. That's true. I'm just getting tired of eating my shoes <laughs> and the drummer.
1: <laughs> oh, my name is Scott.
0: I'm Jim, everybody.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So how's everybody doing? <laughs> you,
0: you do know they can't hear us, right? you know we can't hear them. I hope they can hear us. Yeah, this would be bad if you
1: can't hear us. Yeah, if you're tuning in and you don't hear us right now, I'm confused how you know what I'm saying. Either way, they're tweeting me furiously. Do they usually? Uh, The last time there was an audio hangout, I heard about it. Oh, yeah. That's usually the easiest way to tell you have listeners, is just to cock up uh, the timing of when you drop the outro music. Then, then then, you'll find out that people are around. So when you do something right, nobody tells you. But when you screw up, everybody tells you. Well, yeah. Of course. That, that's just life, man.
0: Can I'm, anybody who's listening, I think I need to explain to you how positive reinforcement works. <laughs> if you tell us we're doing well, it notifies us we're doing well.
1: <laughs> and we will continue to do so.
0: In In theory
1: it's not like we're not prone to fucking up
0: yeah it's not like we've been working on this particular episode for like an hour
1: oh yeah that's what we do yep so pick of the week what you got jim i i haven't
0: gotten to whore my shit yeah whore your shit so i'm gonna whore my shit all right everybody anybody who's listening and somehow doesn't know i have my own show now that i need to get scott on at some point Which means I need to stop coming up with episode ideas when I'm walking home from work.
1: But well, no, then then you just you know sit there and you open up your phone and use the voice memo, memo option and record the whole episode while you walk. I've actually been toying with doing that. You have to though those. You have to pick good spots for it. But there are episodes of like the little short movie reviews I used to do that were filmed in a park by my house. Like I would just stop and sit on a bench and finish the idea. I'm gonna have to keep that in mind. I reviewed the entire uh, Lord of the Rings uh, Extended Edition while walking. It was very meta.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were walking, we were walking, we were walking. But yeah, I've got a show now. It's called Episode Zero. It's usually just me ranting at whatever the fuck I'm ranting about. The last episode that I did before we started recording this one was on the nature of fear. The next episode will be on uh, flaws in journalism and then possibly Canadian politics. Because I like to rant about shit that pisses me off. There you go. Yeah. Something else to do when you're like, you know what? I don't get enough Jim or Scott in my life. And you're, you know, tired of writing creepy fan fiction about us. Please (laughs) don't do that. Please don't do that.
1: Please. But if you do, email it to Jeff, and I'm sure he'll do dramatic readings of it for his YouTube channel.
0: Yes, actually, no, no, okay, I rescind my statement. You need to write fan fiction about us and force Jeff to read it.
1: Exactly.
0: Every part of this is a great idea. And Jeff, if you're listening, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: All right, man, what's your pick of the week?
1: Uh, my pick of the week is to the most awesome thing ever I found out about and then made. And that is beer pizza dough. I remain intrigued.
0: I was intrigued when you said it the first time. I am intrigued now. Yeah. I, I want to know how well it would go with my beer potatoes. How? How did it go?
1: It went amazing. See, the thing about pizza dough is, uh, like, unlike some other bread products, it's really sensitive to the water you use. So if you're using normal tap water, the chlorine tends to kill off the yeast, and it doesn't work right. So beer, by its nature, uses different pH balances. A lot of breweries will actually distill, will use... Uh, filtered water and then remin mineralize it for uh, the flavor palate they need so if you say take uh, Sam Adams which is actually a pH balanced for neutral and contains no chlorine it works great for the for the dough so hmm. yeah and it finally gives me a use for Sam Adams hey it's pretty good stuff hey, it's
0: it's all right I've had worse actually I had an APA tonight that was really disappointing ah oh. yeah. But gone yeah, that's seasonal, and I drank it, and I'm like, "That was I will not order that twice."
1: But that that is what I've determined is that if you make pizza dough with beer instead of water, it's pretty damn awesome. I'm gonna have to try this.
0: Yeah, is there an actual recipe, or is it seriously just replace water with beer?
1: Uh, there there seem to be two floating around the internet. Uh, I went with the one that wasn't already sweetened, and it was literally just like three and a half cups of flour, a bottle of beer. A package of yeast, and a tablespoon of salt, and a tablespoon of olive oil.
0: Hmm. This does sound tasty. That's what I'm saying, man. Oh. Uh-huh. So I'm going to have to make this, I'm going to have to try this, and it's going to be good. And if it's not good, well, it's experiments with beer. Even then, it's still good.
1: Yeah, well, you have to go out and buy, you know, a whole six-pack, and there's five left after that. and So I can drink my pain away. You know, that, that still counts
0: as a meal. Yeah. Though now I'm wondering how well it would go with stout, but that might not work.
1: I, I Yeah, you're, you're probably going to want to stay away from the darker range of the beer side of things.
0: I'm just prone to using stout whenever I can when I cook. Well, yeah, like you do. Yeah, well, exactly. Stout goes great when you're trying to make the gravy for Irish stew. Mm-hmm. Kind of a given, but still.
1: There we go. So we are tonight we have a topic, and we are talking about... Star Wars fan fiction. (laughs) No. Yes. No. I know.
0: Okay. Quick aside in case somebody has somehow not heard this. Conventionally, I fucking hate fan fiction. Yeah. Which means Extended Universe is always a bit of a meat grinder for me. But in the case of Extended Universe, it violates my usual contempt for fan fiction because the authors try and be true to the characters. They try and create new and interesting characters within the setting, they try and expand upon what is established, whereas the fanfiction I tend to hate tends to be the author going I'm too fucking lazy to make a real story, so I'm just going to take somebody else's characters and do whatever the fuck I want with them without any regard for the established material. But mostly it's fucking. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. M- most of the time people just use fanfiction because they're like, I would like to see this character have sex with this character, and apparently I can't Pay an artist for the commission because I'm cheap, in addition to uncreative. Well, there are some things you <laughs> just don't want to ask an artist to do. I no, <laughs> no. Go look up any anything. Rule thirty four. I guarantee somebody has probably already
1: asked it. Probably, probably true.
0: Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I could probably find you know rule thirty four for Joe's Koboth and I don't want to i don't want to do that i do not <laughs> it's it'll be in the show notes <laughs> oh crap now that you've said it i have to look that i'm you know what then i apologize to you my friend yeah i, I am sorry to visit that upon you there we go
1: but yeah we are talking I... about tim zahn's little corner of the star wars universe which is getting bigger i get which is not so little actually it's pretty big kind of a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, it's well it's the starting point. Like it's hard to imagine like you know that like this was 1989. Nothing Star Wars related had come out in 5 years. Yeah. And Tim Zahn's just like, "Okay, get get asked. Okay, so do something new." Like where do you go?
0: <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, I'll tell a story." What what am I going to tell? Like what do you put together? You have this established cinematic universe with established characters, but at the same time, I mean, we've brought this up with regards to Star Wars before, its narrative is a little wonky. Like, the narrative established in New Hope is not quite what it turns into in the rest and certainly doesn't attach nicely to the prequels, but he's got this vague idea of this universe that he can build upon. I mean, Jedi ends, and we would love to pretend it's real clean, real easy. Hey, the Death Star blew up. Hey, the Dancy. Imperial Navy directly around Endor Got pretty badly beat up, and the emperor is dead. Clearly, everybody has won. All the bad guys are gone. Let's all go home.
1: You did. There were dancing Ewoks. What? What more do you need? <laughs> what we need is we just took an established
0: political system, killed its leader. We committed regicide, <laughs> and then we all danced around. It acted like everything was okay. And it's like no, no, no. Yeah. No, that's not yum how nub. reality works. Technic yum dub. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, no, okay, so all of our teddy bears are happy on this podunk forest moon that's never mattered before and doesn't matter now. Yeah. So what what do we do about this grand galactic empire that had total control over the known galaxy, and we have just destroyed its emperor, his royal guard, several of his lesser viceroys and officers, several major military minds, his direct you know personal lieutenant slash assassin what do we do oh right no there's still structures in place you know the moths and
1: you know all those regional governors that were supposed to be keeping things in line yeah they're still around and do you really think they're gonna give up easily like why would they they have an established power base they've they have a vested interest in keeping it yeah yeah bunch of dancing teddy bears
0: Here's these punk victors from a 20-year war who took out the leader. Okay, then I'll be the leader.
1: And that and that's where we start, is that it's been five years. Uh, you know, the rebels slowly trying to gain political legitimacy. When all of a sudden, this one guy, he's really smart, grabs a whole... Freakishly so. Freakishly smart, Sherlock Holmes level. Grabs a whole bunch of random old tech that kind of works... And then proceeds to hand their their everyone their asses. Yeah,
0: and you've got Thron like that's it. That's what Thrawn does, and his intelligence is how he does it. Like I love just in that first little bit right at the beginning of the book
1: when which you opens see him, on you a need... goddamn star destroyer, which Zahn does every time. Yeah, I love that but he. Can... Good... I love that he's he he knows. It's like no, you open on a goddamn star destroyer. Yeah.
0: We know how this goes. You see the cheese wedge come in. But it's like one shot. One shot. And Thrawn immediately knows. He's like, they're being led by this. They're being led by that, which means they're vulnerable to this. So we do that. Like, to a far lesser extent. I love that for tactical awareness. Last week, I'm playing D&D. And my DM pits us against what should have been a generic orc. And he did something. He pulled out a feat. And, like, it was one of those feats that you need two other feats to get. And the moment I saw it, I'm like, okay, we're dealing with at least a level 5 character. So I start telling my guys, like, m- the rest of my team, I start telling them what to do to adjust to this on the assumption that I am dealing with a level 5 character with 5 hit dice, probably a fighter, and spiraling out from there. Now, am I saying any- I'm anywhere near Thrawn? Fuck no. Thrawn would have known the damn thing's stats after the first swing. But that's part of the fun. That's part of the tactical awareness. That's looking at your opponent and going, so what are you trying to hide from me, and how can I get around it? And, I mean, the Rebels don't expect anything on Thrawn's level. Like, At what point in the established trilogy did we ever see the Imperial Navy show any real use of tactics?
1: Well, no, because th- their tactic was we don't engage without three-to-one odds in our favor. Yeah, we cheat. We got I more guess. guys and more guns. Who yep. needs strategy?
0: And, well, on a basic straight-up forces battle, that, that makes perfect sense. That's how you do that. We have a million cheap tiny craft, because I love tile ends, but what are tile ends but cheap tiny craft? Hey, It's
1: engines and a chair and a gun. Yep. What more do you Not want? Even
0: life support. <laughs> it's always my favorite thing. Life support is too costly, we'll put it into the pilot suit. It's like, what? <laughs> but on a one-on-one battle, a tile end versus even a Y-Wing isn't a fight. But they're like, we're not doing a one-on-one battle. I'm not fielding one TIE LN versus one X-Wing. I'm fielding five TIE LN for one X-Wing. Now the X-Wing needs to be dodging ten shots at any given instant. X-Wing pilots are good. Not quite that good. So, I mean, the Rebels have to rely on superior power and a bit of tactical relay on their part, but they know the tactic the enemy is going to use. I mean, fuck, we've seen Star Destroyers run into one another. (laughs) Yeah. Like... It's like there should be a million things preventing that from happening. And the Imperial Navy has grown so complacent that they do it by accident. They're just like, oh shit. We got I got hit with an ion cannon from the planet. Oh the ship is lilting. Oh, I'm not well, gonna. Why would we
1: lilt? Why would we lilt? We're in high yeah, grav what we're in high orbit. Why would we lilt? Who cares? Yeah, we're not in a gravity
0: well. <laughs> Presumably we still have power because nobody is dying, which means one of us could probably kick up a comm relay and be like, Hey guys, our ship is buggered, don't run into us, but that sounds like work.
1: <laughs> we're the Imperial Navy, we're fucking lazy. <laughs> well, I, I love, like, and I, the second thing Thrawn does is like, you know you know why we kept winning? Fucking magic, that's why we kept winning. <laughs> Like, there were fucking wizards running shit, and that's how we won. So let's get more. Let's get us a wizard. (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately, I know a crazy clone.
0: (laughs) I know a wizard who kind of thinks he's a good guy. Oh, wait. He's just fucking nuts. Ah, yeah. I'll take Luke and Leia and the twins, and they'll join me! Or they'll die. And it's like, you are aware that makes you dark side, right?
1: What? No, no. We're just gonna do this. You have to do it.
0: For the good of the Jedi, I'll kill everyone that gets in when you sound awfully dark. It's like, shut up. Oh, fucking Koboth. Oh, that... Actually, Koboth I liked in that regard because it was one of those instances where it made the line between you know Jedi and Dark Jedi not as
1: concrete. Like when Luke's going, he's not Dark Side, he's just insane. Well, and it, there's even that point where Luke finds him, and he he set himself up as you know just running this town, and he he's he's doing the the king's court thing, you know, hearing the grievances of the, his people, and it's like, no, why would you why would you investigate the scene of this fence? You, you can just like read his mind. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> and you have it's to, like, and uh... Luke has to stop and think. It's like. It doesn't feel like a good idea. That feels <laughs> unfair. Well,
0: that's it. His exposure to Joris causes him to kind of think about what it means to be a Jedi. And I like that. Like, that's one thing... Hell, that's one thing Zahn does nicely in that regard. Luke continues to learn. Luke continues to develop as the hero of a thousand faces.
1: And he doesn't give up on the idealism either. No. No. Like, even, no. even at the end of this, he's still like, you know, maybe... He- Maybe we can fix this guy. Maybe he's not so far gone.
0: Maybe there's something we can do. We can just help him. And of course, you know, he he can't. <laughs> he can't because he's bug nuts. Yeah. And I know, that was always one of those things when I was a kid. I was kind of wondered if you could clone a Jedi properly. Yeah. So Koboth was kind of my answer. <laughs> you know,
1: no. The answer is probably no.
0: No, they seem to go bug fucking crazy. Yeah, They seem to not be in control themselves. And to a point, I think that makes sense. Because, I mean, if you clone the guy, he's going to have his physical traits, but he's not going to have any of his knowledge. And if you just try and implant that, it's probably not going to work properly. Because there's some stuff you only learn through experience. And, I mean, it's really clear he has the basic Jedi
1: ideologies in mind, but the approach vector is right off. So, apparently, the first draft of this had Kaboth was... Um crazy evil Ben Kenobi clone. Really? Yeah. That
0: would have been... Wow, yeah. Supposed to be a mad clone of Obi-Wan Kenobi that survived the Clone Wars. I I actually really would have enjoyed that because that would have made it a lot more traumatic for Luke, especially given the beginning.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Like, I don't know why that got shot down.
0: <laughs> I'm assuming they wanted to do things or maybe they hadn't defined what the Clone Wars yet were. So they didn't want to go, hey, the Clone Wars was, you know, a whole bunch of people fighting clones of themselves. It's going to be something else that we will clarify at a later date and eventually, you know, ramshackle together a trilogy out of. But that would have... Wow, I really would have enjoyed that. I really would have enjoyed that.
1: I know, right? Fuck. I
0: can't adequately make that headcanon. No. But we have seen concept art for a fallen Ben Kenobi... When there was still concept art for uh, Battlefront Three, so who knows? The story might yet exist. God, that would seriously ruin Luke's life. Oh yeah, encounter this for like this dark side corrupted Ben Kenobi years after. Like young Ben has grown up. Luke is you know getting on in years. He's almost Ben's age. Encounters this thing. Fuck. That's episode seven. <laughs> I I would watch that. I would read that. Because that would be traumatic as hell. Like, how does he resolve that? Especially if you make sure that, you know, this twisted mockery of Ben Kenobi is every bit as dangerous as an ancient, dark side-riddled Ben Kenobi would be. Oh, man. I was the type to write fan fiction. I would
1: write this. All right. So other new stuff. We have uh, have Mara Jade, who was, like, one of the few... Because... Star Wars Expanded Universe authors got a little provincial as it went on where no one really touched each other's OCs. This it's... is mine, you can't have it. Not not even okay, Karen Travis went to this is mine, you can't have it territory. Yeah. But I think there was just these these sort of head these these like nods and handshakes across like between like say, you know, Stover and Stackpole and some of the other guys. Like apparently Zon and Stackpole are buddies, but like, Mara was the one that seems to... Everyone seems to actually use her. She got incorporated into the broader fiction much more readily than anyone else did.
0: Oh, I could make a really awful joke. <laughs> I'm not gonna, because... I, I, first off, in general, I'm not gonna... I like Mara Jade as a character. I like
1: everything they did with her. Like, down to... She got a lot of development, yeah, she she had a really nice arc in this trilogy and, you know, the duology that follows this and yeah. That whole, you know, the whole new Jedi Order series, like it was it was a good ride. Plus, she was just really cool. Like the whole Emperor's
0: Hand concept was a really interesting idea and a nice way to have Vader-esque characters without removing the value and uniqueness of Vader.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Like Vader will always be something, but the Emperor's Hand series was always
1: just something else. And we and we get Pellien. Uh, who who's awesome. He's a cool guy. Oh yeah. He's a billion years old. <laughs> Didn't he? Did he buy it recently? He he bought it. Yeah. And unlike a lot of the guys who bought it lately, he went out well. I can't picture him dying
0: in anything less than a fleet battle. And not in a he-makes-a-bad-judgment call. He looks at it and goes, the only way for this outcome to turn in our favor
1: is for me to sacrifice the ship. It wasn't that. It was an assassination.
0: Ah! Oh! Ah!
1: Oh! Oh! What? Yeah. Who, where, how? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was the end of legacy, man. <laughs> legacy of the Force. Tahiri did it on Jason's orders. It was stupid.
0: Ah, uh, ah. Uh. You know what? I'm really, really not
1: liking Solo's kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, like. I- He's, he's a cool guy like he's a good right hand he's a great audience surrogate for some like he's a great Watson to to Thrawn like, he's yeah. the guy that's like I get steps A and B but how'd you get to E oh this this yeah. and this dude oh alright and he's like, like old school imperial so like when you find out one of his bridge officers fucked up he gets honestly worried for the guy and then Thrawn's like I'm not gonna kill him <laughs> we can't keep really? doing that to people
0: That demoralizes them.
1: Yeah? I was saying that
0: for years. Nobody ever listens. (laughs) Staying popular, significant figure within the Empire. Oh, my God. Damn, damn, damn. I'm just reading his death. Yep. Oh, but I like the fact that he gets one last dig in before. Good. (sighs) Because, no, like, Paley comes across straight up as a consummate military man. Yeah. Like... It's a job. It's He's worried about some of the decisions they make. Like, you get that observation that the whole establishment of the Death Star was to try and consolidate the military power under the Emperor himself. And he's like, I don't really think this was a good idea. And given the events at the battle, I think I was right.
1: And he was the one guy at Endor that looked at what was happening and said, we should go now. This yeah, ain't going well for losing. us.
0: May not be the only ones to notice this, but we're losing badly. Admittedly, it was the Executor fault that drove that home, but it's the Executor. Seeing that thing crash is enough to drive that home for anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. And I mean, we get the nogri.
1: I never quite
0: liked them. I like the Nagri, like, the background for the Nagri. Everything that Zahn wanted to do with the Nagri makes the Nagri intriguing to me. Yeah. Like, the idea of basing Vader's mask on them and everything else. I'm like, why, why can't you do that? I don't understand why Lucasfilms interceded against that. Hell, even going so far as to call them the Sith back before that became something else. Though, I love the idea of having to dodge their uh, skin color changing with age to avoid racism. Yeah. I'm like, I don't actually see an issue with that. I mean, depending on the environment they grew up in, that would just be mineral deposits building up in their skin. But the Nagri on concept were intriguing to me.
1: I, I guess I just don't like where they ended up, where it was just like, hey, we're here. Well, that's, Not... that's it.
0: Like, they're, they're never really anything. Their they're background fluff
1: that could be cool but they don't change. And they get progressively less competent just by virtue of the number of times guys with the last name Solo get kidnapped. Yeah. That, that's part of it. Incredible killing prowess. Yeah, about that. <laughs> just saying, maybe not the best at their jobs. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: we could always just clone them. Wait. Wait. No. 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 Though the idea of you know recognizing Leia by scent, while kind of creepy, still kind of neat. It's nice. Like the Na'gri. Heck, you know what? If a different writer wants to do something interesting with the Na'gri, I still think they could have potential, but it would take an overhaul at this point. It would take somebody deciding to change the Na'gri, like having a Na'gri rise up and go, "No, you know what? There's a bunch of shit that needs to be done, and we're gonna do it," revolving around the Dukkha or community building, also known as a shack.
1: Yes. It's a nice shack. It's nicer than oh, the yeah, other it is. shacks.
0: The larger variation on the building was the Grand Duca, <laughs> or uh. Big Shack.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, th- this is, like, for a three-part arc, this is great. And for the longest time, Lucas said, you know, if you want more, go to this trilogy. Like, he, he always name-checked these novels as the sequel to pay attention to.
0: Well, and they f- feel like Star Wars.
1: And it's got like that big more... sc- and it's got a big enough scope without just sort of rehashing the original trilogy. I mean, there are certain beats that are there, especially in that last bit of the final book where it's like small strike team on a forest planet that leads to a one-on a series of one-on-one lightsaber fights. Is that familiar?
0: No. no. <laughs> And I mean, this also gave us a bunch of stuff that does get integrated right in. I mean, Coruscant,
1: period. Full stop. Yeah. Prior to <laughs> that this... That didn't have a which... name. No, actually, Hell, it I... did. It did. Had Abaddon. It? it was in really? the radio drama of Return of the Jedi. Ah.
0: But this is it. Coruscant became the established name. Like, Zahn contributed stuff directly that became normal. It became the regular thing that you base this on. That's why I've got hopes that they won't ignore this when, you know, they're looking to expand upon it for the next bit. What I hope? even, hell, you go to the ending for Endor, the first time you see Solo in the novel series at all, he's back in fucking Wurr's Cantina. He's back in a shitty fucking dive bar looking to make deals. Just looking for a deal. Yep. Which brings us to Talon Card, I guess. I liked the idea. I I'd never considered it prior to reading it. But, I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense. You kill Jabba, there's going to be a power vacuum. Like, when I was a kid, it was always... I was a kid. You know, you don't think too much further ahead most of the time, especially since, you know, Star Wars was just one of those things I'd always grown up with. But it's like, Jabba dies. Somebody's got to fill in that power vacuum. And it's not exactly like they left enough people around at the time to do it.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of of Jabba's organization left. If there is, I'd be impressed. It, it was really just the Rancor Keeper guy. Yeah, probably. Some He's dancing crying. girls that he didn't like that much.
0: We're free. What do we do? I don't know. Got a whole castle. Yeah, we can hang out here. Aren't we in the middle of a desert? Yep. Who's going to bring us food? Nobody. Let's eat the Rancor. <laughs> yeah. He just goes back to crying. <laughs> Admittedly, truthfully, I think rancor meat would
1: probably be pretty tasty. I doubt it. It's like reptili it's it's a carnivore and a reptile. Yeah, but it's beefy as hell. Oh yeah, it's gonna be gamey and tough.
0: You just gotta season it properly.
1: God it's gonna be worse than alligator. I've never had alligator though. It tastes like fish. Good fish or bad fish? Whatever the alligator got fed, honestly.
0: Damn it. Wait. Damn it. So it was... I was about to say, wouldn't that make the Rancor taste like human? I'm
1: like, oh, and whatever human, else the robot, Gamorian robot, yeah. <laughs> whatever else Jabba felt like throwing down there for giggles. Yeah. Like this is not exactly going to be, this is not choice beef here. I'll admit
0: I'd probably still try it at least once. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You got it, right? You got it.
1: Oh, it's right there.
0: (laughs) It's that, or you die. Because I'm pretty sure most of the food in Jabba's Palace was probably poisoned. Yeah. Or frogs. Yeah. Well, I mean, huts are notoriously resilient to poison and toxin. So somebody's going to be trying something to put him down.
1: But yeah, back to Talon Card. I I like that he is. He could have been, like, just a caricature mob boss guy. Like, he really could have been just insert, insert organized crime stereotype here. Hmm.
0: But there's no reason for him to be. Like, if we want him to just be some friggin' pseudo-American Italian mobster wannabe to the point where you can hear him, you know, with a bad New York accent, he's not going to be particularly interesting. And I don't think Zahn would create him with the intent of making a bland character. He wants somebody who's filled in Jabba's role, which means we need somebody who's got that level of charisma, that level of poise, control, and ability in light of a new government, new developing periods, and going, okay, how do I integrate into this? Because the old ways aren't guaranteed to work. The rebels are are trying to set up a government, but they're probably going to be a little gun-happy. And the Empire is definitely going to be gun-happy. So we kind of want to
1: not piss them off right now. Just got to play this cool. Yeah. Oh, man, I just read what the French called this trilogy. What the French call it? The Black Crusade of the Mad Jedi. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, like he he really brought an entire trilogy's worth of new stuff. And kept it feeling like the original at the same time. It's something... Yeah. Like, it's what you want from your fanfiction, theoretically.
0: You want it to feel organic. You want it to feel real and natural to the established material. Like, I will wax Gundam for a very quick second because this isn't a Gundam episode, but Frozen Teardrop (laughs) reads like bad fanfiction.
1: Which is weird because it's the original
0: writer, isn't it? I'm pretty sure... God. But the entire thing seems to just throw so much of its established material out the window and make a bunch of nonsensical changes to justify other decisions that it's like, what are you doing? Why would you do this? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this but is I mean, from the original this...
1: writer. Hmm? Yeah, this, this is from the original writer. Frozen Teardrop yeah. was from the original writer.
0: Yeah, and it's like, how? Why? What? Why? Why?
1: Why have you lost your
0: fucking mind? And, hell, in that regard, I will return to Star Wars and I will point a finger at the prequel trilogy and go, you didn't feel like it. Like, in that regard, the prequel trilogy felt a little more like fan fiction. It made some weird decisions. It did things that are contradicted by works that came before it but are supposed to come after it.
1: Like... It introduced a lot thing? of unnecessary background and explanations for things you never really wanted to know. Yeah. And it really it, missed the tone while at the same time dragging out a whole bunch of goofy references to everything. Here's, here's references to things that are going to come because you're a Star Wars fan and you're going to get it. And it's like, I,
0: I don't need that, guys. Like, Prometheus had these really nice, subtle design references to Alien. I liked that. Like, when I'm looking at it, and it feels like it's in the same breathing war- universe, that's great. But then everyone but in, acts stupid. <laughs> yeah, but that's a different issue, and that that's that's a different issue for a different episode. But it's like, with Star Wars, with the prequel trilogy, they make these little throwaway references that are like, hey, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're gonna get it. And it's like, I, I don't need that, guys. I don't really care. Like, Zahn moved forward. Zahn told us a story moving away from Jedi while still looking back on it and going okay so what is the stories that were told already what have we established what do we understand what can we make different
1: what can we keep the same it was great yeah and if you get a chance to track down uh the 20th anniversary reissue of the first book it does then have I envy you yeah it it, it does have uh, a nice set of annotations from uh Zahn and his editor and it it like it It's a nice little... You get nice little stories and background stuff. Like, apparently, uh, a helpful copy editor uh, decided to add spaces between Storm and Trooper every time it showed up in the manuscript. (laughs) Every time! Oh, my God. Oh, man. Storm Trooper. Storm Trooper. (laughs) And I'm sure this copy editor was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Guys making the mistakes all over the place. And it's like no no no. Oh. When you when you see the same mistake in every interest, maybe you might every every instance, instance. across an entire manuscript, you might think, "Hmm. This might, might be, be a style thing." <laughs> I'm amazed he didn't do it with lightsaber. Oh, I'm I, you know, I would not be surprised if that if a different copy editor did the same thing. <sighs> He's like, I need to switch.
0: Why do you keep doing this? It is clearly lightsaber. It's like, no, no, it's one word.
1: It is a lightsaber. Have you never watched Star Wars? (sighs) Yeah, and uh, I guess jumping ahead, because we get the first trilogy and it's excellent, and it's a really good jumping off off point for the expanded universe, and a good place to start if you're interested to start reading it. I'll say that. It is a thing I point to people and say, "Where, if I wanted to start, where would they go? And I'd say, start here, and then have fun from there. You could do that. You want to know where I started? Where? Because I went back to these.
0: My first actual Star Wars novels were uh, the Lando Calrissian Adventures.
1: Those were fun. They weren't very Star Wars, but they were fun. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all they were.
0: It was like these, these were as loosely Star Wars as they could be, because it had the Falcon. And it had Lando and it had his sidekick droid. And
1: like, yeah, that was all the Star Wars there was to it. Like it but had man the...
0: were they fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how Lando became a space archaeologist. You know what? It's Lando. Like Are any... you gonna tell him no? Well, like anything to get rich. And I love yeah. and I and I love that this introduced the, the concept that, you know what? Mining gas in a floating city, that's kinda crazy. But no, he's got a crazier plan for to make money this week.
0: Yeah. You know what's going to be a great idea? Let's go steal this ancient forgotten artifact and piss off a group of evil friggin' monsters.
1: Um will this really get us more money? I don't know. I'm just fucking bored. Or, or or even in this trilogy where his mining operation his his whole plan is to like set up a massive underground complex on a planet that is too close to its sun, so it's a ridiculously hot so the only usable port facility for shipping out the minerals has to be on the back of a bunch of walkers. Yeah. Like, this Lando, is... a consummate con man. It's like, this is a great plan. Who's backing this?
0: Han. Oh. At the end of the day, that is where Lando gets all of the initial capital he needs for whatever crazy plan he's got, and it's because it's the only real excitement Han's allowed to have.
1: Except for getting kidnapped. Well, yeah. When his turn to get kidnapped comes around.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. People are invading the house. So who's to- it's your turn this week, Han?
1: Oh, Aww.
0: Man. I hate this. Somebody tell Lando I'm gonna miss the card game. Lando the- engineers a daring rescue because he's bored.
1: <laughs> and
0: oh fuck it! It wouldn't even be because he's bored. It would be because he hasn't put on the cape at that point in the week. It's
1: like, yeah, yeah. Gotta get his Billy D on. Yep, and I mean that this also set some bad precedents. I think for the expanded universe at the same time, where everything seemed to be, hey, someone gets kidnapped, Luke goes on a wild goose chase, uh, Lando does something crazy to make money.
0: Yeah, we took really basic character traits that were sort of established, and suddenly they became tropes. Yeah. They became normal.
1: There's like, a crazy I like colorful. I Lando being a
0: sketchy con man, but somewhere along the way, you stop merely getting yourself dead, and go, "I think I need a normal job."
1: Well, I I love that you know there there was a one point where it's like you know what I haven't tried as a get rich quick scheme, just marrying into money. I'm gonna oh. go do that. <laughs> I've got a list of the top five richest bachelorettes in the universe. Let's hit them.
0: <laughs> admittedly, that. That should have been his first plan. It's not exactly like Lando is, you know, weak when it comes to charm.
1: Yeah, but now he's like sixty, which means it's a challenge.
0: <laughs> That's probably the only reason he didn't do it sooner. It's like, and at the same time, there are there are you know twenty year olds who would not balk at Sean Connery or Billy D. Right now.
1: Hey, call five Works yeah. every time.
0: Oh, I really hope they get Billy D. Back.
1: What else is he doing?
0: other than being Billy D which not only is that a full-time job it is a job that pays well so legitimately I have no idea gonna have to try Colt 45 one of these days I've never had it
1: it, it's awful legitimately I am not surprised oh uh yeah no apparently he is signed for episode seven sweet (laughs) all right but jumping forward uh Zahn got to write a sequel to this, sort of, with a paired novels, uh, Spectre of the Past, Vision of the Future, where we've got Pelion trying to make peace with the Republic now, but a bunch of douchebags are like, no, let's pretend Thrawn's back and start the war again. It'll go great for us. No,
0: because he was a tactical genius and you're fucking retarded.
1: Which was basically the short version of how that went.
0: Yeah. (laughs) How could this possibly go wrong? And it's like, because you're an idiot. That's how. All the tactical awareness of a bag of Cheetos. And by this
1: point, the rebellion has kind of started to learn tactics. Well, they've got like four guy. They've got four guys who know what they're doing. I mean, Wedge Antilles can't lose even if he tries. Like he's. It's on record. He tried to lose, and then he didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was about to try and argue the point, and I'm like, no, no, I can't actually think of a scenario where that's happened. There aren't too many people with two Death Stars on their X-Wing. And I mean, by all rights, he shouldn't have anywhere near... Well, his piloting ability is outstanding, but his ticket should have gotten punched by now.
1: Considering how long
0: he kept going. (laughs) Well, he has this habit of being, like, two feet behind the main characters all the time.
1: Which gets a lot of other people killed.
0: Yup. Like normally, even in popular fiction in general, it's like I'm the guy who's behind the named character, so I have to die in one of these scenes just to add pathos. Then they try and kill Wedge, and it just doesn't work.
1: Like I like he's clearly wearing a bulletproof red shirt. That's that's the yeah. only way. And we'll get to the X-wing novels where he. Does cool stuff at a later. Where he episode. basically saves
0: the damn universe
1: three times. Yes. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that we gotta follow up, and then the other side, the other side of the plot, because you always got to have at least two lines going in these, is uh, Luke and Mara are looking into some crazy shit on the edge of the galaxy, and eventually, and that gets resolved nebulously. I think at this point, anything about it has just been retconned to being yeah, it had to do with the Vong.
0: Uh, I don't like that as a hand wave, you know?
1: But yeah, they also find an actual clone of Thrawn, and they're like, you know, it's probably bad if people found it. Let's just flood this room.
0: At the same time, I look at it, and I'm like, that's Thrawn. If you could get him on your side? What an
1: asset. Thrawn can only fight for one side. That's Thrawn's side. That's true. Thrawn does what Thrawn wants.
0: Well, that's why the Chiss kicked him out.
1: <laughs> that is true. You can't keep
0: doing preemptive strikes. That's not how we work.
1: But it, uh, but look how not dead we all
0: are. Nobody is dead because nobody gets near us. I'm doing something right. No, you're You're fired. Yeah, we're gonna put you on a moon. Fine. Gonna launch preemptive strikes from this moon.
1: <laughs> this is my moon now. Nope.
0: He's just sitting there throwing rocks up into the <laughs> sky. Ships are exploding for no reason.
1: And I get, and the big thing that I sort of I stumble over for these two books is that Luke and Mara get married at the end. And I'm not saying it's unbelievable, because because clearly there's chemistry with them in the first trilogy. There, it's yeah. that there's in all the intervening books of, for like eight years. There was nothing going on between them. Like there was there were no intervening steps, the tension didn't the, the tension didn't stay. That could just be the fault of the authors though, honestly. Oh uh, no, I think it's editorial. Like they, they did not they did not have a firm grasp on what to do beyond just saying, okay, let let's just kinda put all of these in little bubbles where yes, they all happened, but they don't really affect each other much. Which is kinda bullshit. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit, and you, Luke spends a lot of time yo-yoing character-wise. Which is not
0: useful with regards to the narrative
1: at all. Yeah, like, it, it, it's not like you're going to get a... If you do turn around and read all of these, you're going to get some grand scope sprawling epic. It's just going to be a bunch of, like, and this is what happens this week. Well, yeah, it becomes
0: serialized, but not even... 'Cause that's the thing, Star Wars pulls from serials. So a serialized Star Wars would work pretty nicely, but they're still not telling a serial piece.
1: And it's not like they're really icons, like they're they're true iconic heroes where, you know, the way they solve problems is by doing what they always do and being themselves. Like yeah. they pretend there's a character arc, particularly for Luke, but usually Han and Leia sort of grow. At, for, over the course of any given serial, but it always seems to snap back ish.
0: It's like, it, you don't need to do that. We can understand the basics of where the characters are going to evolve to. Like, Han, by virtue of the course you see through 4, 5, and 6, will become a good man. Uh, still a bit of a scoundrel, but a good man. Leia will remain something of a politician, something of a leader. Luke will eventually become Ben Kenobi
1: or should have. He didn't seem yeah. to. But I mean that's that's the
0: vibe you get is pretty much Luke will supplant his his teacher and his father and become the old wizard. And that would suit Luke. That would be a justifiable fate for Luke.
1: But but because th- this is literally true, books with Luke on the cover sell better? <laughs> really? Yes.
0: I can't argue the point given that I am more likely to look at a book that I see with Luke.
1: Like, and so he has to be out there doing things all the time and not being an old wizard? Like, he never transitions into Gandalf. He is always, always Frodo.
0: See, I think you could still make him the old wizard in regards, like, in certain instances. Because I read Fate of the Jedi a few years back, or at least part of it. I never finished it. And the whole him and Ben going out and, like, dealing with, dealing with the Baron Do Sages and shit... That's something I could see Luke doing, like getting ejected from the new Republic and everything. No, but Luke going out and just exploring other force users, trying to learn new techniques and then come back and teach a few disciples and be like, there, there's a neat thing. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to disappear for another five
1: years. When shit gets bad, I'll be back. Okay. yeah, but he but yeah, he, he never goes. He never goes full wizard. And but yeah, I'm serious about the books with Luke on the cover selling better. Even in weird cases where, like the 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 trade for legacy, the comic, the second volume sells better than all the other ones. Like, that, I, disapproving ghost loke sells more comic books. That's weird. I know. How much more? Uh, like for the co- for the for that trade, only like thirty percent.
0: That's still a lot. I know. Like. And I'm saying this as somebody who has transitioned from liking Luke to hating Luke back to liking Luke. That's that seems disproportionate.
1: Yeah, it's weird. But getting back to Luke and Mara, mm. that them them going from like working partnership to romantic partnership is still. Ah, I wish it. I wish it. I wish even these two books had sold it better.
0: Yeah. Well, it needs development. Because they don't have the initial chemistry to kind of set off that this will be a romantic relationship. They have chemistry that says this could be.
1: But even the end of, you know, um, The Last Command is more of a handshake than a hug that lingers a touch too long. Yeah.
0: Granted, maybe maybe some of these writers just have no idea how to... Maybe none of them have been in a relationship. I think that's the best way I'm going to phrase that.
1: Yeah, most of like, the the
0: about-the-author pages seem to list spouses. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that all, maybe they've only done this once. Like, I've never been in a scenario where I have looked at my significant other and, well, that's not entirely true. I can think of one instance where I've looked at my significant other and toyed with the idea of marriage. But in my life, that's happened once. I've had enough girlfriends that I can say it's not a frequent occurrence. So I can't really imagine, you know, say there's this girl at work that I kind of get along with and over a span of time chemistry develops and it's like, hey, do you want to get married? No, no, I don't think that
1: would happen. Yeah.
0: I said I'm looking over the Luke page and I found the old Macquarie art. God, I
1: love it. I know, right? No. And you could legitimately end sort of stop the setting at the end of Vision of the Future you could. Yeah. Like like that's the big th- that's the big thing all the books have been about is like the rebels buttonheads with the empire and it ends in peace. Yeah. Couple old boys sit down and sign some paper.
0: Let's all sit down, have a drink and calm down for a little bit. But instead, we have to jury-rig together, you know, we have to jury-rig together other engineered conflicts and push together more Sith magic out of nowhere and make things go a little weird. Yeah. Things go weird. Yeah, because I mean, like on a video, as a video game player, I don't mind sitting down and fighting a raid boss that's six times my size and you know is some ancient Sith Lord monstrosity. But when I'm reading a book and it sounds like Luke is trying to fight one of the Star Spawn of Cthulhu, what? What? Why is this here? <laughs> I guess like where did that come from? I don't understand.
1: And you know, while while we're doing this, while while we're going, um, Zahn has done some other stuff. Like he's gotten to expand stuff from these novels out into full ideas. With you know, um, kind of a pair of novels that they aren't listed as sequels to each other, but they definitely go together. Which are you know the uh, the the full story of Outbound P- Flight, where you get introduced to um, the original Joris Gabbath, who was also crazy and kind of yeah. a bad dark Jedi. He was not stable. That's part of the reason I think the clone was as visibly cracked as he was. Yeah, but now now it's like sort of calls into question is like, okay, was it just because the original was crazy? Like I think he fell into basically writing the exact same character for this guy. Yeah. Which is a shame. Where and and I mean, I don't know if having him just be straight up virtuous, you know, you know, you know, the the quasi Ben would have been better. I think you could have written him as stalwart.
0: Like, you didn't have to have him be crazy, have him crack due to the pressure. But. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it also gives us, you know, the, the more of the Thrawn backstory. Yeah.
0: You mean back when he was on his little moon throwing rocks?
1: <laughs> no, before this. This were these were the events that yeah. led him to getting fired and sitting on that moon throwing plot
0: rocks. Like you, you can't just indiscriminately attack a friggin' convoy, man. Why not? Because, because you can't. Well, I did. It worked.
1: We're safe. <laughs> safe from what? Friggin' convoys. That's why. Yeah.
0: You know what? You know what? I've just had about enough. You're crazy. the moon with (laughs) you. But that, honestly, Zahn in, well, Zon Thrawn in that regard was fun. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, so now we have a better understanding of why it is he kind
1: of got the attention he did. That you do. Uh So I'm looking at the wiki, and man, Japan got better book covers than we did. I know, right? I know! Like, we're doing the same thing, and I'm like, these
0: are awesome! Why the fuck didn't we get these? Except for, uh, except for Captain Cardboard there.
1: Oh, yeah. But,
0: uh, fuck, I hate Hayden Christensen.
1: But, yeah, so Outbound Flight gets the quasi-sequel with, um, what was it, Survivor's Quest? Yeah, where Luke and Mara find out everything that happened in this novel. <laughs> I think it got published first, so it was a better mystery. Yeah, I hope it
0: did. <laughs> because that would be less enjoyable. It's like, hey, you remember that book you
1: read? Now you can read about it. And I think the cool, okay, the, the one thing that stands out for me about Survivor's Quest is that Luke runs into one of the Destroyer droids, which were apparently the thing that just, you, you don't fight ever if you're a Jedi. And Luke outthinks it. Like that was a fun thing. It's like he—he's not like crazy and omnipotent wizard guy who just picks it up and mashes it into a tiny little cube. He's like, nope, okay, gonna try this. That didn't work. Let's try this. Okay, let's let's do this thing. And kaboom, I win. Woo! But well, that's—he's adaptable. He learns.
0: Like that's—that's that's one thing that's. Kind of forgotten and sometimes pro- probably hi- properly properly highlighted with regards to Luke. He's a fast fucking learner. Like the training on Dagobah was the most
1: piecemeal fucking Jedi training you're ever gonna see. It's like we we don't have time. We're we're gonna have to do the philosophy lectures and the cardio at the same time.
0: <laughs> Crash course, kid. By the way, don't go in that cave. Why? You'll die. <laughs> Trust me. You're you're gonna die. Oh fuck! He went in the cave. Well, he's probably dead. Guess we're screwed. Holy crap! He's alive. Go that guy. Yeah. I'll try at The cave. Always my favorite example of Luke's ability to adapt, because Yoda really didn't seem to believe that he would come back. But that's it. He looks at the enemy, and it's like, I'll try this shit. Try that shit. All right. What's going wrong? How do I deal?
1: And I. Th- this Chris. was this was the novel that actually canonized the five zero first. Oh,
0: cool. Cover's image of Luke portrays him as Mark Hamill appeared before his reconstructive surgery. That that's weird. That's doubly weird because that would actually mean that it's a time-displaced Luke.
1: The art the art on these always got weird.
0: I, mean, I didn't even notice until I read that, but it's like, yeah, he's missing the facial scars. That they so delightfully explain away with a wompa. There
1: you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Counterpart to Tatooine ghost? I don't see can counter- I don't see counterpart to Tatooine ghost in here. Maybe it was supposed to be like a loose counterpart. I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's people digging into the past, but it's it's a past that's better established and related to something specific. Where? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 not seeing that. But I I those two were all right. Like if you just wanted to read the Zan ones, the, there's a nice little story that maybe belabors a couple points too much. <laughs>
0: It's not like it beats the dead horse completely, so...
1: Yeah, it's not totally beaten the... That... If you really want to know everything about Thrawn, there you go. (laughs) Now you know everything you could ever want to know.
0: This is his favorite dish. And it's like, no, I don't care.
1: And I guess, uh, you know, let's just do the last three Zahn things while we're going, which was uh, Allegiance and Choices of One, which are another pair that go together, where... Renegade, it's got Renegade Vigilante Stormtroopers. That's pretty awesome.
0: Well, it's nice to see a group of Stormtroopers who have a snowball's chance at hitting anything for once.
1: Well, I like that these guys actually seem to be smart. Like, I like that their whole Vigilante operation hinges on pretty basic con artistry. Yeah. It's like, at some point they point out, it's like, you know what? Having five stormtroopers in a room implies an entire legion following up on us. We can get away with a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's a good Han story, even.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Mara's in it, but she's very much in the same place as, you know, she, she doesn't really have much going on.
0: Well, that was 2007, yet. Yeah. Honestly, by that point, they were kind of shoehorning her in, anyway.
1: I I think it was there because Zan likes writing her, but well, didn't necessarily have, does. but didn't necessarily have a full character arc for her. It's just her yeah. going about being a spy and taking guys out. Who
0: the hell?
1: What? I just saw this reference to somebody named Stacy who was part of Pink Five. Oh yeah, it's a little fan comedy movie. It won a one of the fan. It won. One of the fan film awards when they were still giving those out. Huh. i never even heard of this. It, it...
0: Read a Larvly article once explaining why it is they took out the scenes of the female pilots dying.
1: Because uh, yeah. you know
0: there was female pilots in Jedi, right? Yeah, there were. Yeah. One black Do you know guy why they
1: took them out? Because they died horribly and that seemed sexist.
0: <laughs> well, it both seemed sexist and the audience reacted, both men and women reacted really, really badly to seeing women die on screen. Like, the audience didn't give a shit. You could kill every male character on screen. Nobody gave an absolute rat's ass in hell. But all of a sudden, you kill a female, and people are up in arms? Oh, well, it was the 80s. Women in the military
1: wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but it was the 80s. You have a problem? Take cocaine. There, your problem's gone. <laughs> Admittedly, the movie theater is probably too cheap to front for cocaine for everybody.
1: Test so. audiences can Look, they're already giving them the movie and the refreshments to be the test audiences. You, you, you can't just give them cocaine, too. Yeah. It's like, we only can give you so much. you got to bring your own. you got to bring your own cocaine.
0: <laughs> Actually, I recommended to somebody, guy who's buying uh, World of Warcraft at work, and I recommended he take up cocaine instead as it's a superior addiction and less destructive.
1: Ah. <laughs> uh. See, I go into my local Best Buy, and they've still got, like, shrink-wrapped copies of the collector's editions for a few of the the last few expansions, and I'm like, why? Well, why?
0: Because apparently the next expansion's supposed to be good, according to people who continue to funnel money into it, so their perspective is biased.
1: Yeah. Yes, the people who are still heavily invested in WoW are, are assuring us that the next expansion will be good.
0: Yeah. It's like, and I will take a crack addict's vote with regards to drug use. Right on. Thanks. Right
1: All right, and allegiance got a sequel that was entirely unnecessary.
0: Choices of one. Yeah. Hardcover contains preview of Riptide, along with a paperback containing preview of Scoundrels. It took him three months to write.
1: Yeah, like honestly, there's some stuff that happens, and it feels it's kind of the same book as the first one. <laughs> it's like, well, given that. I can see those stormtroopers. Yeah, they're they're still around. <laughs> they're like, we're hiding back here.
0: Nobody will see us. They'll think it's a different book.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the big thing that happens is that those guys get retconned into being the guys who train Thrawn's troopers for the future. Like they, they're they the backbone of uh, the training mechanism of the Empire of the Hand.
0: You know what I would, if I was going to retcon them, you know what I would retcon them to be? What? They were the first guys through the door at the beginning of New Hope.
1: Yeah, but this is set after a New Hope.
0: But that's what I mean. They would be like, because the first guy through doesn't die. It's the guy behind him who gets shot. So I would be telling the story of this one guy who miraculously didn't die.
1: I think that was one of the prospective characters in Death Star. (laughs) I'm pretty sure one, there was one guy. Oh. Because
0: it's really obvious by the way you know the Rebels were setting up that norm- this is a normal Imperial tactic. You cut through the door with a torch. So the Rebels were like, yeah, we're just going to shoot everything that comes through it. And that first guy just happened to be lucky enough not
1: to get shot. Well, he 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 still had the smoke, bu- the smoke cover.
0: Yeah, and he ran.
1: He just <laughs> so ran for it. He was like, fuck, book it. God damn it, you dropped the stinger right in front of us again. I'm running through. Go, go, go.
0: Is there any particular reason the rest of us try and funnel through this instead of letting them waste shots? No? Okay, bye. <laughs> Man, even the Japanese cover for Death Star is badass.
1: Really? God. How how did the Japanese make the cover of Death Star badass? Look it up. I'm looking it up. Bastards, it. they did it again. <laughs> See?
0: Is that not stylish? Is that not what you expect when you hear Death
1: Star? That's got everything, except a Twi'lek out of nowhere. <laughs> well, someone had to run the bar. <laughs> I don't think it had a bar. No, it had a full, like, remember, there were a million people living on this. There was like a full arcology in there. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Like, that was the one thing they really said. It's like, no, there's like there's like a indoor park and a shopping mall and shit.
0: This was all to try and, of course, make those of us who cheered at the Death Star's destruction feel guilty.
1: Well, no, I think it's just riffing on the idea from clerks, where it's like, no, there would have been contractors. What does a stormtrooper know about laying in plumbing? Presume—well, that's the thing.
0: I would like to assume they have at least some understanding of it, and it's not like military contracts are normally open source. I would have assumed there was a bidding war on this. Oh, yeah. The Justice Star—what the fuck? The Death Star is renamed the Justice Star to mark the fifth anniversary of the Rebels' defeat. It became a mobile seat of government for the newly restored Imperial Senate. Nobody is going to believe that. Though I do actually really enjoy how originally it was just called a Death Star, and it's like, how? How? How did you think the populace were going to be okay with this? I want to see the news broadcast where they announce it.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, the last Zahn one just for the sake of completion, is Scoundrels, yeah. an entirely standalone thing where for some reason Han Solo runs a caper. <laughs> Reasons? Yeah, like he, he he's stuck on some planet, realizes the, uh, the local governor is corrupt as fuck, and it's like, you know, let's steal all of his money. Let's do that.
0: That is a Han thing to do. Well, actually, it's a Lando thing to do, but it's a Han thing that... You know, well, it's a Lando thing that Han would be on board for because Han would be like, he's corrupt and scum. And Lando would be like, I fucking love money.
1: <laughs> and that that was basically the pitch. He, he literally got the, like it. It's so Ocean's Eleven that he deliberately recruits 10 other guys. <laughs> <laughs> see, the cover looks like usual suspects to me. Well, and if you well, if you look at the full like the full spread, you see the other guys in it and then it looks then it starts to look like a heist movie. Oh okay, yeah. You need the back panel in there. Yeah, and the
0: I love how the spine part of the jacket has you know like a vent, just so like, you don't you see,
1: just so you don't get like half of someone's face on it.
0: <laughs> you could have put a droid there. True. You could easily have crammed an astromech into that spot, and that would have been awesome. I see Lando got a fancy new coat.
1: Yeah, he, he 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 dresses up nice. No cape this time though.
0: He probably had a cape somewhere just in case he needed it.
1: Oh yeah. But no, it, that, Scoundrels is actually kind of fun if you get over the hurdle of, wait, Han Solo is suddenly going all leverage on us.
0: Yeah, what? Is it during the original trilogy? Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it, it falls into that weird gap in between four and five. And I, well, the, the really wait, fun... Wait, Lando's presence there is kind of weird. Uh, He comes in reluctantly, like almost by accident halfway through. And at the what end of... And and at the end of it, when the score when the score gets stolen out from under them, that is apparently the reason why he's pissed at Han. <laughs> like that's the thing I'm sure, sure he's that forgotten was because about because
0: he cheated and stole the ship in the card game.
1: No, apparently that was fair, but because this, but because the score got stolen, that's what pissed him off. Right on. <laughs> Like it turns out like the big reveal and I'll spoil it is that the entire thing is actually Boba Fett playing Solo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just to take out um not not even the governor who's corrupt but like the Black Sun guy who's in collusion with the governor. Nice. Now is this
0: is this Boba, you know, Host Prequel Trilogy or is this Boba Tales from the Bounty Hunter tri- like Fett?
1: I think it, he, uh, Zahn actually does a good job of sort of uh, merging those two sort of aspects where it's like... okay. Because that bugged me. Yeah.
0: Like, I really liked the Tales of the Bounty Hunter Boba Fett and, you know, this somewhat existent code of ethics that he has. And it's all just because of who he grew up as and then, you know, we get the prequel trilogy, oh, he's a clone. It's like, what? What? Why? Why? We don't have to rule of cool this, guys. It's okay, really.
1: Hmm. But yeah, no, this is actually a fun. This is fun stuff.
0: I may have to pick this up. I'm pretty sure we still got it at uh, my Indigo.
1: Oh, they're well. They got to keep the the entire shelf full of Star Wars tie-ins stocked with everything. Yeah. God forbid they don't have every single one available. Well, I mean, they even had the
0: universe expansion book for Old Republic like two years ago and they still have copies of it but they don't have the core rulebook for the role-playing game well yeah because like why because it's a box set so keep it in i'd buy it i'd like because i've heard that the changes they did to it actually made it playable wait which one are you talking about the the i have the original d21 like the original wizards of the coast d21 not west end yeah and Wizards did an updated version of that that apparently kind of changed Jedi from being ridiculously broken to something that could almost work.
1: Oh, no. Okay, so that that edition was amazing and wonderful and the best thing Wizards of the Coast ever did. Mm-hmm. And then they lost the Star Wars license and it went out of print. Fuck! It's now in the hands of um, Fantasy Flight, and it's kind of going that um, Warhammer Fantasy roleplay 3rd edition where you need a deck of cards for your character, and there's a whole bunch of bullshit, including you have have to get your own special dice. Deny this, do I? It it has its own, you have to get entirely new dice for it. No. Or you can spend $5 on an app that doesn't even tell you what the dice mean for your fancy phone. No. Fuck that
0: noise. I don't, you know what, did you ever play the West End role playing game? Yeah, it was terrible. (laughs) I liked it. I liked it for its badness, because it had Hydro Spanner on the list and still didn't explain what a damn Hydro Spanner does.
1: Well, clearly, it's like a regular spanner, but for water. But no, that doesn't make any sense. No, it, it it's a space wrench. That's what it yeah, is. You, you just take a regular thing and then put a prefix in front of it, and it's a space tool now. But we picked up the D21, and it was
0: less than... It was good, no. but it was like Jedi were way too fucking powerful as a result. So when I heard about the Revised, I was trying to track it down. So the idea that it's tubed kind of sucks.
1: Let's see. I've got about half of the books. The only one I really want is obscenely expensive. On, on what are you the after? Second... I'm, a, I'm after Starships of the Galaxy, which goes for about 90 these days. Jesus Jones. That's nothing. The Knights of the Old Republic setting book goes triple digits. Why? Uh, cause it has Knights of the Old Republic on the front? I don't know. Uh, uh
0: fuck. Fuck.
1: Okay, the the core rule book is actually kind of affordable on the secondary market, unlike some of the supplements.
0: Well, oh, bloody! There are times where I almost hate being a gamer, you know, and there are times when I genuinely hate being a gamer. But those are usually when I move.
1: Yeah, but it's out of print, and so if you've ever felt like just going to the Methods Network for a di- for a digital copy, don't feel too bad about it. Hmm. And actually. Knights
0: of the Old Republic campaign guide base eighty seven ninety eight on eBay. What the
1: fuck? It goes and it goes up to five hundred.
0: That's insane.
1: Or it did That's the li- it did it did a while back. I'm not
0: surprised. Because I mean you've gotta you've gotta have your HK and you've gotta have Revan or you're less of a person. Yeah. Man, there are times where I hate being part of a fandom, you know.
1: Yeah. Especially when that fandom gets really predatory for no reason, yeah. <laughs> like, l- like people were actually calling up the designer when the game first went out of print, and you couldn't find a copy of the book for less than you know one fifty. And it's like, dude, do you have copies? Like, like how did you get my number? They- well, not calling him up, but getting him on email. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they were going to Rodney Thompson and. um what was Walter John, uh, what was this, John Jackson Miller, that's it. And we're like, so do you have, are there more copies that you know of? Because I would rather not pay 500 for one of these. And then they both went, nope, but now I know what I'm going to do with my copy if I never need emergency dental work.
0: Yeah. It's like I need to mortgage my house or sell my copy. Hmm. Because, yeah, I'm looking right now, and I'm seeing obviously used copy, like, good, good condition, to the guy's credit, damn good condition, Um, even still has the original $40 price tag attached to it, going for $200. Yep. Right on. Right on. (laughs) Fuck.
1: Starships of the Galaxy
0: 1st Edition, which was all but necessary to play.
1: Yeah, that's the one... That's the one I still need, and that one's about 90 oh.
0: See, when we tried to run it, we used the stuff in the core book and what supplements I could find in magazines. So, suffice to say, nobody was using... Uh, nobody was really getting to retrofit their own shit. I'm like, you want cl- chis Claw Ship? I give you Chiss Claw Ship! Yay! You want more than that? Fuck off. Yep. Alright,
1: but we're, we're, we're far afield.
0: Well, we sort of are. We're still dealing in Expanded Universe, but we're far enough over i think we're done
1: i think we're good so tim's on good additions to star wars
0: <laughs> damn good additions if you haven't read them go pick them up there's like a million ways to find
1: the air to the empire trilogy I th- it's been so. reprinted a billion times i think there's a nice ebook bundle yep uh if you're up for having it read to you uh the guy the narrator is dennis lawson the guy who played Wedge. <laughs> Which can pretty much guarantee he will not make any mistakes while reading it to you. Yeah, he he will pronounce "stormtrooper" as one word.
0: Yep, you can tell. He may in fact pronounce it as two words if that's what it says in the sentence. And then he'll point out that's not what it should suppose. That's not what it should be. That's not what it's supposed to be. You will have picked up on the fact that I personally just fucked up that sentence. There you go. Yeah. All right, so we calling her? We're calling it. Groovy. Have a good night, folks. See ya. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside.
1: I thought they smelled bad on the outside is released under an attribution, non-commercial, share alike 3.0 international creative commons license please visit our website at sbopodcast.blogspot.com for more episodes as well as social media information. Thank you.